I don't remember the last time I, I saw Liz. I remember the last two or three times um, when we would say goodbye. Um, we were always uh, a little bit um, tongue-tied, you know? It was little looks and... Uh, nudges, you know? But I don't remember the last time I saw her. Poor Liz. Poor us. So I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back for the second time in a row, Larry Irby from Discussing Trek. Larry, how are you? Doing great. How about you, Kyle? I'm doing great. I am happy to have you back. You, I didn't scare you away on our first one-on-one session together, so welcome back. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know what? I have to give you a compliment because it's very rare that I start out with an idea and our conversation organically flows to the point because last episode I was going to talk briefly about your history with Doctor Who and then spend the rest of the time talking about your favorite companion and be a companion spotlight. And I looked down and the next thing I knew we were almost at an hour and I'm changing my mind like the day of the doctor and saying, hey, come back for another episode. You know, it happens, man. When you're talking about something you love and something that you're actually very passionate about, time flies. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. And I am really looking forward to this companion spotlight because I think no spoilers intended, but for the sake of sake and simply because I like doing it, I'm going to say, if you have not listened to episode 298, part one of this two-part episode, and you have not heard who the companion spotlight is and if you have not seen the artwork for this episode put us on pause go out listen to it come back because from this moment forward spoilers spoilers affirmative spoilers spoilers what spoilers and i killed sparky too Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back with Larry Irby and we are talking your favorite Doctor Who companion and drumroll please, here we are. Your favorite companion is? Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane Smith. And the question I have is, why? She was the uh, companion, I want to say, when I first saw the Doctor. But I don't know if that's right, because looking back, I'm wondering, was it Ramada when I first saw? Remember the uh, first episode I told you that I actually saw was, you know, the one with the Centaurans and uh, the other androids with the dreads and right. the disco androids. You know, I was trying to think. I said, you know, who was the companion then? Well, you are correct. It was Sarah Jane. Okay. Sarah Jane, to me. And I know some people had a crush on her. And of course, Elizabeth was a a beautiful lady. But I always looked at Sarah Jane more like a big sister. Somebody who was older, who was cool, 
this was four years after she had already left the show, you know, because right. she left the show in 76. You know, I didn't watch Who for the first time until 1980. So I'm seeing everything in rerun. I just love her her tenacity. And it was a great performance by Elizabeth. Sarah Jane could be the damsel in distress, but Sarah Jane was not afraid of anything. She would still come out and she would defend her friends, not just the doctor, but, you know, Harry, she would defend her friends, people who she felt she needed to protect to the 10th degree. And so she was a very, very complicated character. I know a lot of people try to look at her as the constant damsel in distress, and that's like just not true, not in my opinion. I remember when we first on this show or this podcast reviewed a Sarah Jane story that was one of the classics. It was actually episode number 73. We were reviewing one of Lee's favorite Doctor Who stories from the classic era, The Brain of Morbius. And you are a million percent right that in that Sarah, in many ways, was the damsel in distress. And I remember Clarence calling Lee and I out to some degree, saying, for lack of a better say, she was very much the damsel in distress. And he was curious about why we were so fascinated by her. So let me ask you this. And obviously, since then, Clarence has seen much more Sarah Jane and came to appreciate her like, you know, we did and like everyone else did. But my question is to you now, what do you think set her apart from being that traditional, oh, doctor, help me to being Sarah Jane? You know, that's a complicated question, but I would say this. I I do have an answer for it. Sarah Jane was a force of nature. You know, she was going to find out what was going on. She had that adventurous spirit, and she went in step with the doctor. Like, because the doctor's all about exploring and finding things to get into. And Sarah Jane and him were just the perfect team. When we first got the 11th doctor, or excuse me, the 10th doctor, and we got Rose, their relationship, I honestly think that Russell T. Davies based that relationship somewhat on Sarah Jane and the doctor because Mm -hmm. it flowed like that. Like there was a chemistry, but we know Rose just absolutely fell in love with the doctor, but yet they were the perfect team. They were yin and yang. Do you see a difference in Sarah Jane when she was a companion of the third doctor and a Sarah Jane when she was the companion of the fourth doctor? Did you see a change in Sarah during that time? Yes. All right. What? With the third doctor, Sarah Jane was much more to me, an observer, someone trying to learn, but she was very much somebody trying to learn what's this all about? What's this larger galaxy? You know, in a sense, getting her feet wet. We get to the fourth doctor, enter Tom Baker, should be Sir Tom Baker as far as I'm concerned. They were much more, had graduated to being a team versus the doctor just leading 
the way constantly. Mm. Listeners of this podcast know my favorite Doctor Who companion, hands down, is the same person, Sarah Jane Smith. And if I don't, if I get through this episode without choking up, I'm going to be like, you know, awesome because I have a feeling at some point I'm going to. You know, even down to the way they, as the producers and the showrunners of the time, dressed her when she was with the third doctor. She was more demure. She was in the traditional, you know, skirts and uh, dress suits and whatever. She was a more casual character. The hair was longer. You know, it, it was more symbolic change. The third doctor was a little more, you know, with the dandy look, as the first doctor would say. And then with the bohemian type look of the fourth doctor, so too did Sarah change with him, but it felt organic to me going back and watching those. It just, you didn't see like some stark change. It just felt natural. Did it feel natural to you? It did. Like I always thought Sarah Jane was a pretty cool dress. Like I know it was the seventies and you know, I was just in the eighties. Remember how she had some of the long flowing skirts with the big, the tall boots and everything. I had actually for this tonight, I actually watched an interview which was a tribute to Elizabeth uh, with Tom Baker. And he said she would match me line for line. It was absolutely beautiful because like, I tell you, I love this scene when they're sitting there and he's like, yeah, I got better things to do than run around after the brigadier. And he says, what am I like 600 years old or something? He says, and she goes, wow, you're practically middle-aged. He's like, yes. <laughs> Doctor, you're being childish. Well, of course I'm being childish. What's the use in being a grown-up if you can't be childish, childish sometimes? Yes. Their back and forth was priceless. And every once in a while, you know, Sarah Jane would let him know, you're not right. I don't care how many hundreds of years old you are. You know, you're not perfect. Do you think that Sarah set a change in companions? And what I mean by that is... If you go back and you look at many of the female characters who were companions before Sarah Jane, and this isn't any you know negative on anyone, but if you look at Susan, you look at Joe Grant, you look at Victoria, you know many of those characters there were the damsel in distress type characters, not all of them. And, and I'm not saying they, those characters were damsels in distress at all the time. And even, yes, Sarah was at some point. Was there, and, and maybe I'm making this up in my head, but was there a change in companions with Sarah Jane? Or am I romanticizing Sarah and making her more because I like that character so much? So call me out on it. Am I, am I wrong in that? I don't think so at all. And I did not see much of Joe Grant until, like, I saw her years later. And I liked, I loved that actress, too. But the thing was, and to see them together was was a, a treat for me, you know? That was a big treat. Oh, yes. When, when Joe was on Sarah Jane Adventures? My heart was beating so loudly because to see the two of them she said, well, you know he could change his face. Yeah, but into a baby. Mm. You know, because Matt Smith was so young in the role. 
Yeah, but I think the role did change. I really do. Because Doctor Who, you talk about strong female characters. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Who had plenty of them long before it was even something people talked. I don't know why I just made quotation marks in the air and I'm the only one here. But Oh, I know Eric Because <laughs> mm-hmm. look at after that, you had uh, Nissa and Tegan. Definitely Tegan was the more fiery of the two. And then later on, you had Ace, and Ace was just all out kicking butt. And I I hate to say, I probably did not watch as much of Ace as I, I, I would have liked to. Thanks. And I've been meaning to go back and watch those. When Have you seen The Hand of Fear when Sarah left originally? Yes. What did you think of that exit? Don't forget me. Oh, Sarah. Don't you forget me. My doctor. Right. You know, travel does broaden the mind. Yes. Till we meet again, Sarah. kind of felt like she did i mean well he's coming back he's going back to get sarah of course right right no and i was like okay i'm about to be upset here so again back then you know we did not get all this additional information there was obviously no internet there was like i said i'm watching this on public tv so I'm already years behind for what was actually going on. But I, yeah, I did not know Sarah was leaving. And I was for sure that the doctor would come back for Sarah. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember being very sad that Sarah was no longer on the show. I think I was probably very unfair to Nissa and Tegan and some of those people in the sense of... um I was just like, yeah, but they're not Sarah Jane. You know, I would not have wanted to have been Louise Jameson coming in with Leela right after Sarah Jane, because, you know, you have the Deadly Assassin as the very next, which is one of the only companionless stories of the classic era. And you, you know, have that with the Doctor going back to Gallifrey, and then you follow up with the next story that comes after that, and then you get Leela, and then you get Romana 1, you get Romana 2, all and literally all three of those extremely different but extremely strong characters. And then you get Nyssa and Tegan. So you're right there, every single one of them. I would think even until Mel, who maybe I would say was not a strong character, and I may come back on, you know, spoilers again and be loving Mel this time next year, but with her return not only last year in The Power of the Doctor, but her upcoming return for Series 14, spoilers. I I just think Sarah broke the mold. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. It was was just one of those things, you know, because she is a rarity. You correct me because I'm probably forgetting because I'll be honest, I often forget about Leela. 
mm-hmm. because she wasn't there a super long time. But I, you know, sometimes, like you said, the face of evil. I actually I was pulling up a list because I just wanted to look at all the companions. But Sarah, in a way, changed things for me because I think that they were conscious of not just having the companion be there for the doctor, but having the companion help drive the story. Mm, you know? Okay. And that that's definitely me because sometimes companions before were just onlookers why the doctor did what he did or either they got into stuff. And it's not to say that, you know, the other companions didn't do things. They did. Mm. But, you know, you hit on a good point with us both being in the United States because of the way PBS stations played Doctor Who. Many of them would simply start with Robot and go all the way through all of the Fourth Doctor's era to either uh, Legopolis or Castrovalva. So that's where we saw, and if they started it back over, they would not start back with an earthly child. They would start with robot and our, and then guess who Sarah Jane Smith right there. So you're right. Many of our first experiences with Dr. Who that Sarah Jane was there. I know it. I'm, I'm a Testament to that. So for everyone listening, you know, we've mentioned several classic stories from the classic era. So I want to mention that if you'd like to go listen to our reviews of those, you can find our review of the Face of Evil, episode 199. You can find our review of the Hand of Fear, in which Eldrad must live. I have to say it. Eldrad must live. Okay, sorry. Had to do it. And that is episode 264. I will put links to those episodes in the show notes. Fast forward a little bit. Series 2, 2006, school reunion. And the doctor, the 10th doctor, is in a school. And there is Sarah Jane Smith. Hello, Sarah Jane. It's you. Oh, my God, it's you, isn't it? You've regenerated. Yeah, half a dozen times since we last met. You look... incredible. So do you. <laughs> like I told. What are you doing here? Wow. UFO sighting, school gets record results, I couldn't resist. What about you? Same. <laughs> I thought you died. I waited for you. You didn't come back, and I thought you must have died. I lived. Everyone else died. What do you mean? Everyone died, sir. Can't believe it's you. <laughs> okay. Now I can. <laughs> Thoughts. Tears welled up in my eyes, and I kid you not. I was so happy. My wife is like, we were always watching the doctor. And I was so happy to introduce her to Doctor Who. I grabbed her hand. I said, oh my God, it's Sarah Jane. It's Sarah Jane. She had heard me mention Sarah Jane before. She said, wow, this is this is big deal, right? And I said, yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, this is, this is a big deal. 
seeing School Reunion, is it the best written episode in hindsight? Absolutely not. I mean, there's much better episodes. But for the story points with Sarah Jane and Sarah Jane and Rose, Sarah Jane and the Doctor, you know, forget all the badly dated vampire alien looking things. But the story points with Sarah Jane... I don't know if it was subconscious, if it was conscious, if it was subliminal or whatever. It said, yes, he may be the 10th Doctor, but this is the same show. This is Doctor Who continued years later. Here is Sarah Jane Smith and Sarah Jane's here. This is Doctor Who. You know, I love uh, Billy Piper as Rose, but to see the two of them in that little bit of jealousy, like, oh, wait a minute, this is my doctor. No, 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 this is actually my doctor. And the the emotion that Elizabeth came at in this, David said it was, so. he was like, I wanted to keep up because I knew her connection to this character was deep as an actress and, you know, as the character. And he said, I wanted to meet that with as much emotion as I could. You know, so he said, I just kind of stand there, stood there and bounced off of what she did, you know, mm-hmm. and I love the when she walks out and she says, you know, I thought you were dead, like how bad it hurt me that you just left. And then she says, I thought you died. And he, his response is, I lived, everyone else died at, the, you know, as, yeah. as he knew at the time. The thing that got me was at the end, and and I'm not going to say it, so just play in your mind that conversation that the Doctor and Sarah has at the end of that episode, because if I try to say it, I will get choked up. But that was beautiful. Loved it. Awesome. The oil's faded. But you're still clever. More than a match for him. You and me both. Doctor? Um, we're about to head off, but you could come with us. I can't do this anymore. Besides, I've got a much bigger adventure ahead. Time I stopped waiting for you and found a life of my own. Can I come? I'm not with you. I mean, with you. Because I'm not the tin dog. And I want to see what's out there. Oh, go on, Doctor. Sarah Jane Smith and Mickey Smith. You need a Smith on board. Okay, then I could do with a laugh. Rose, is that okay? No, great. Why not? I better go. What do I do? Do I stay with him? Yes. Some things are worth getting your heart broken for. 
find me. If you need to, one day. you for that time and like I said I wouldn't have missed it for the world something to tell the grandkids oh, I, I think it'd be someone else's grandkids now right yes sorry I didn't get a chance to ask you haven't... Hmm? there hasn't been anyone you know well there was this one guy I traveled with him for a while but he was a tough act to follow <laughs> Goodbye, Doctor. Oh, it's not goodbye. You say it, please. This time. Say it. Goodbye. My Sarah Jane. I, when he said my Sarah Jane, uh, that's tears. I said, I couldn't help it. Tears <laughs> just rolled down my face because I was so happy. And maybe I didn't even know how much I loved this character until seeing her come back. I don't know the, what the, the phrase is. It's kind of like I feel right now seeing Hayden Christensen back in Star Wars and see him getting the love that he never got. I always sometimes feel that Sarah Jane and all those past companions by people who are new to Who, like uh, maybe they didn't get it, but Rose and all the companions who came after them were somewhat modeled after Sarah Jane hmm. to some degree. I have often said that, you know, th that that was such a monumental moment in Doctor Who. And then there are, of course, others in the time since 2006. You know, we've seen Ace return. We've seen Tegan return. Mm -hmm. We've seen Joe return. We've seen Mel return. You know, we've got, you know, all these faces from the past, you know, even the Brigadier in Sarah Jane Adventures, you know, we saw his return. The I think the only return, and of course we see the caretaker in the, the Day of the Doctor, so we see Tom Baker's return. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in The Power of the Doctor, we get, you know, seven, five, eight, six, you know, we, we see their return. But I think the biggest return I that we've seen to date would be that moment where Ian Chesterton is in that room after freaking 57 years having left the show and he comes back 57 years later as the same character, same actor, once in a lifetime opportunity. In a way, we're being transported back to our childhood. I remember what it was like to be a kid with no responsibilities, where the worst thing you had to worry about were you, were you going to pass the math test at school. And then I couldn't wait every night to get home. You know, I didn't care about I Love Lucy anymore. I just wanted to see what episode of The Doctor was going to be on tonight. You know, and as I said, my grandmother would watch them with me. And, and that was something that we both enjoyed. And, you know, she didn't get into the whole space thing. I'm not sure if she even understood. But you have that memory. That's a memory of you and your grandmother that you hold dear. It really is. And I remember I thought it was awesome when she would say, oh, my God, sometimes she would be cooking. And she would call in there and ask me because she would come in there 
sit down and watch with me because I know a lot of people these days don't have any memory of what TV trays were. <laughs> uh, you know what they oh, are. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean by TV trays. So we'd sit there and where we could watch the show. And I remember if she was cooking or something, she would say, oh, my goodness. What is Sarah Jane got herself into this time? <laughs> God bless Russell T. Davies. I love that man. When she got her own show, oh my goodness, that was the icing on the cake for me. And I felt like she deserves it. She deserves this 100%. You may have heard this on one of our previous episodes. I have not watched the fourth season of it. I still won't. And there's some psychiatrist out there that is listening to this and is saying, okay, this is a classic case of fill in the blank, but I haven't watched the last season of Sarah Jane because I still want that out there. There's more Sarah Jane for me out there. I don't know. That's just really weird, but I, maybe I'm like the doctor. I don't like endings, but I don't watch it because I still want that little piece of Sarah Jane that's still out there, you know, that's still waiting to be watched. And maybe that's why I haven't watched it yet. Well, you know, here's something to always keep in mind. And I always look at it this way. You know, what goes back to, I don't think any of these people, when they do the conventions or any of, of these, I mean, you're going to see a lot of Sarah Jane running around. Just You just are. You know, she's a big cosplayer. And you'll see tons of Amy's and you'll see, other than the new characters of the companions that people cosplay out, you're going to see Sarah Jane the most. Yep, I've seen so many people dressed up in that Hand of Fear uh, Sarah Jane jumpsuit. Any convention I've ever been in, at least one person is in that. So yes, you're 100% right. Is there something about all the companions that the doctors had? I could go into, you know, I know Sarah Jane is one for me. I know that's one, but it's almost just like Baker is always one for me too. But Matt Smith and David Tennant nip at his heels really, really hard. Because if I've said, when you have that great companion that, like, I think it started, I'll probably say with John Pertwee. Like, I feel he had, and I like I said, I didn't see a lot of William Hartnell and um, Patrick Troutman. So I'm sorry if a lot of people saw that, thought that was more, you know, I'm only going off my experiences. You know, he had his companions and he had, but the, he was a lot more like a teacher is where, like I said, starting with Sarah Jane and, you know, Elizabeth and Tom, they were like a team. And you got that when I first saw, got to see Christopher Eccleston and Billy together, it was like a team. When I got to see Matt and Karen, it was like a team. And I think that carried over. I think that legacy of Elizabeth and Tom definitely carried over and shaped a lot of the stuff to come after. So that is a perfect segue to my final question for you on this companion spotlight. So my question is, if we separated Doctor Who into the 1963 to 1989 era, and then the second part is the 2005 forward era, is there a companion 2005 forward who comes close to Sarah Jane and if so who wow 
And this is, let me preface by saying there's no, if you name a person, there's no taking away anything from Sarah Jane. But I'm just asking, is there a comparable companion 2005 forward? And if so, who? I will say this, Amy. Amy resonated with me on a level like that maybe few companions did. And I can tell you, I absolutely loved Martha. The only thing about Martha that really hurt me is I only got her for one season, really. And then I got her back in her appearances a few times. I got her in Torchwood, which was whole nother. Don't get me started on that. Love that. Karen Gillan's like a, a daughter to me. And <laughs> she'll know who I am. Because I watched her, like her and Matt Smith were kind of like these little babies who started out. And, you know, and Arthur on that show. And now when I see them in other things, it just makes me happy to see their careers going so well. And But Amy Pond was that character. I have someone, it's not Amy Pond. Who do you think my person is that I would say comes close to Sarah Jane? Mm, is it Bill? Bill would be a close second because I loved Bill Potts. Mm-hmm. Me too. For me, I'm hearing my friend Shannon Perry listening to this right now saying, oh, yes, I know who it is. I know who it is. I'll I'll say this just because I love saying it. I might would need to go to the library. I might would need to go to the library. And why would I need to go to the library? Because Donna Noble has left the library. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna is to me, the closest thing that comes to Sarah Jane for 2005 forward. I adore Donna. Donna's awesome. And see, and that's the beauty of it, too. And I always tell people this. You're not taken away from one character because a certain character landed with you. Like, I literally looked at Amy. Like, again, like I've said, when I see Karen Gillan in Guardians of the Galaxy or anything, I think she's one of ours. She's part of our family, you know? And God bless her for doing great. You know, same thing with, you know, Donna Noble. You know, I just love that character. And Catherine Tate, who was not unknown when she did The Doctor, like some people are, you know, that's their first big break. But she was already quite established when she came on on The Doctor. That one of my, I don't really consider her a companion, but one of my favorite Doctor Who characters of all time is, of course, River Song. Oh, hello. Yes. Hello. Yes. Yes. Just just amazing. Not to mention, you talk about phenomenal, you know, Alex, I've watched her on ER and everything. So she was, I already knew she was going to be phenomenal, but I had no idea she could do humor. Mm, yes. And Catherine Tate, I mean, her, she, bro, she had line after line. Like, um, he's like, I just need a mate. Well, you're not mating with, with me, Yes. <laughs> you know, she just, she was just like, and I love the, here's the thing about Donald. That was so good. And this is what I loved about Amy. Even though Amy flirted with the doctor, it was not serious. But the thing about Donna is Donna and the doctor were mates. Yes, there there was was no no attraction. Romance. She was just his buddy. And I'm going to tell you, you talk about somebody who welled up. Now, see, now you're making me emotional. When she found out 
you know, and he told her that she already know it's like, do you know how smart you are? Well, if I'm that smart. Do you think you need to tell me? And when he told her, you know why there's never been a meta crisis? Because there can't, said, can't be. I thought we could write the planet Felspoon. Just cause. What a good name, Felspoon. Apparently it's got mountains that sway in the breeze. Mountains that move. Can you imagine? And how do you know that? Because it's in your head. And if it's in your head, it's in mine. And how does that feel? Brilliant. Fantastic. Molto bene. Great big universe packed into my brain. You know you can fix that chameleon circuit if you just tried hot binding the fragment links and superseding the binary, 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 I'm fine. Nah, never mind Phil Spoon. You know who I'd like to meet? Charlie Chaplin. I bet he's great, Charlie Chaplin. Should we do that? Should we go and see Charlie Chaplin, shall we? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chester, Charlie Brown. No, he's fiction, friction, fiction, fixing, mixing, Rixton, Brixton. Oh my god. Do you know what's happening? Yeah. There's never been a human time lord meta crisis before now. And you know why? Because there can't be. I want to stay. Look at me. Donna, look at me. I was going to be with you forever. I know. Rest of my life, traveling in the TARDIS, the Doctor Donna. Oh, oh but I, can't. I can't go back. Don't make me go back. Please, please don't let me go back. Donna. Oh, Donna Noble, I am so sorry. But we had the best of times. I don't want to go back. And I just, again, tears just. And Clarence and I actually saw her at Pensacon a few years ago. I was surprised that she, Catherine Tate, really, I don't think, had an understanding of how beloved she was by the fandom. I hope she is now, especially with her returning for the 60th. But wow. She just was awesome. Well, you know, I think this has been an awesome, awesome conversation. I love talking Doctor Who. And in an era where we live in today, in 2023, where there is so much negativity in media or in news or in society in general, I love the fact that two grown men can get on a podcast and talk about a fictional TV show of how these characters have impacted us, how they bring back fond memories of our childhood, 
how they, as characters and actors, emotionally impacted us for the better, how I and I think you both kind of gotten in our own way choked up a little bit during this episode. That is awesome. And for that, my friend, thank you for coming on for another episode. I thank you for having me, sir. This is two ninety nine again. We're on the ledge about to jump off into three hundred. Clarence and Lee will be back next episode. But Larry, again, thank you for being here. For everyone who has been with us for one episode, a hundred episode, or for two hundred and ninety nine episodes. Thank you for being with us. Please come back for episode 300, which will be out soon. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.